To everyone, you may be seated. Have a good afternoon. Yeah. I did something that I don't think I've ever done before. Yes. I was watching for a little while the um, military tattoo that they had in Melbourne some time ago. It's normally held in Edinburgh in Scotland every year. <coughs> and they had the New Zealand ladies marching team. Now, if you're of my vintage, you probably remember just about every town and suburb had a these every Saturday morning these little girls would be out there snapping around very well. Mate, these ladies were brilliant. I was about to turn it over, but I thought, well, I'll give them a chance. They were from New Zealand, so New Zealand not only have good rugby, they got a jolly good ladies marching, I don't know what you call it, team or whatever it is. And as I'm watching it, I'm starting to think of a sermon, getting spiritual things out of what they're doing. <laughs> because they were just so snappy. They, there was no, you know, as they moved as one, there might have been a line of like 10 or 15, and they like that way. And they, then they'd be going this way and that way, and they weren't bumping into each other. I thought it was amazing, and I thought, you know, next minute they'd be going in all directions, but they were still in unity. What a, what a great part of a sermon that is there was, was great unity they were, they were working together, it was brilliant but then at half past three the AFL started so I had to change channels <laughs> so, but that was my little bit for the afternoon and it was a good game of football too but, uh, and that's got absolutely nothing to do with what I'm speaking tonight so maybe I should pray <laughs> Heavenly Father we thank you that we can just be here together Lord, we know that in many places of the world, this just isn't possible. Yeah. But we thank you that at this time it is for us. And we thank you that we know that you are here with us through your Holy Spirit. And Father, I would ask that we would be prepared for your word. Lord, that people wouldn't hear my voice, but they would hear, we, tonight all of us, we would hear your Holy Spirit speaking to each and every one of us that's here. And Father, we just praise you. We glorify you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. 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 My message tonight is destroy a man's hope, destroy a man. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Can I get that? They've disappeared. Could I get that on the screen, please? Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope. Let's say that a bit louder. To give you hope, hope and a future. What a great verse. Pastor James touched on it this morning, so I thought I'd pinch it for this evening to start off, just to follow on. In Hebrews 11:1, 1, that's me. That's it. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Yeah. Faith is the assurance of things, what? Hope. Hoped for. What, did the, what do we have there? God has plans to give you hope and a future. The Amplified Version says, Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed or the confirmation, so the thing you've got in your hand, the you know, what the solicitor signed and you've got it, of the things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, 
and the evidence of the things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So our faith is our document of what we hope for. Our faith is our document of what we hope for. Some Some people probably think that faith is closing your eyes, jumping off the cliff and God will look after me and it's going to work out okay. Well, if that's your faith, you're pretty dumb. That's about as nice as I can put it. See, uh, when I was in the army, I had the opportunity to serve in Malaysia for three months at the Butterworth Air Base. And to go from our barracks to where we to the mess hall where we used to eat, we went past this section of the airport where they had helicopters. They were Malay helicopters. And quite often you'd see this one starting up. Well, I think that's what it was doing. There was a lot of terrible noise and coughing and spluttering and blue smoke pouring out. And uh, I think most of us agreed we didn't want to go on that helicopter. If for some reason we had to evacuate the airbase, we would walk rather than we'd have a better chance. See, you should put your faith only in a plane that shows evidence of being trustworthy. In a couple of weeks' time, I'm flying to Brisbane. With great confidence, I will go to the airport, walk out the tarmac, climb into a, I think it's a virgin plane, whatever size, whatever, sit down calmly, strap in, fly to Brisbane with the greatest of faith that that plane is going to get me there unlike the helicopter I saw in Malaysia. So our hope needs to be in something trustworthy. One of the things that gives us hope is the witness of the apostles. In 2 Peter chapter 1, 16 to 18, it reads, when I find it, 2 Peter, 2nd book of Peter, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honour and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, this is Peter speaking, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. This is the testimony of a man who spent around three years with Jesus. For most of those three years, he saw the humanity of Jesus. He saw Jesus hungry, tired, finally rejected and crucified. But he also saw Jesus feed 5,000. He saw Jesus walk on water, heal the sick, raise the dead. As we've just read there, he, he heard his father speak to him and he saw him gloried on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw him risen from the dead and he saw him ascend into heaven with the angelic promise that he was coming again in power and glory. Peter was an eyewitness 
so we can put our hope in what Peter is telling us. See, when Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We can believe that. When Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We can believe in that. We can put our hope in those statements, therefore making the foundation of our faith trustworthy. But life continually test their faith so our hope has to be on something solid i don't know about you but things happen occasionally that does test their faith we can wobble a bit i had one of those weeks last week have you heard the saying smile things could be worse so you smiled and yep they got worse you've all heard that part of the saying no apparently and it wasn't a great week Basically, it started off with a friend of mine passing away last Tuesday morning. And sort of when that happens, just let me watch the footy and watch the sunset over the ocean and leave me alone. But I had these other people involved in things around me that just kept sort of falling in on top. Not that it was much I had to do, but just thinking about them and feeling for them. So by the end of the week, yeah, I just wanted to watch footy. But on the morning it happened, we uh, took pretty <laughs> over here. We took her home from the hospital. And in between all this, the amalgamated pest man was coming to our house. So I ducked down to, they don't live far from us. And I ducked down and was waiting and waiting. So, well, I'll, I'll do my daily bread reading for the morning. Now listen to this. Mark 4, verse 35 to 41. I'm sure a lot of us have heard it before. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as, as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? It goes on. A comfortable plane ride was about to get bumpy. The voice of the captain interrupted in-flight beverage service and asked passengers to make sure their seat belts were fastened. Soon the plane began to roll and pitch like a ship on a wind-whipped ocean. While the rest of the passengers were doing their best to deal with the turbulence, a little girl sat through it all reading her book. After the plane landed, she was asked why she had been able to be so calm. 
she responded, my daddy's the pilot, he's taking me home. Yeah. What great hope. She, see, that was her faith because her hope was, I'm with dad, he's flying me home. Though Jesus' disciples were seasoned fishermen, they were terrified the day a storm threatened to swamp their boat. They were following Jesus' instructions, so why was this happening? He was with them, but he was asleep at the stern of the craft. They learned that, that, they learned that day that it is not true that when we do our Lord's, as our Lord says, there will be no storms in our lives. Yet because he was with, with them, they also learned that storms don't stop us from getting to where the Lord wants us to go. Whether the storm we encounter today is the result of a, tra of a tragic accident, a loss of employment or some other trial, we can be confident that all is not lost. Yeah. Our pilot can handle the storm. He will get us home. What storms are you encountering today? This is still our daily bread. Perhaps you have lost a loved one or are facing a serious illness. Perhaps you are having difficulty finding a job. Ask the Lord to strengthen your faith and take you safely through the storm to the other side. We don't need to fear the storm when Jesus is at the anchor. That was about an hour after Stanley had passed away, maybe an hour and a half. I was just gobsmacked to have God speak that to me at that time. But these things don't only happen to me, they happen to other people. There was a fellow we know, I'm sure, called Noah. God said to him, there's going to be a flood, I want you to build an ark. Noah said, okay, only two questions. What's a flood and what's an ark? Apart from that, I'm fine. And so he obeyed, uh, he obeyed what God had instructed him to do. And for around 60 or 70 tops years, he diligently worked away on his ark and was getting everything ready. Can you imagine the neighbours? He's banging away, making this uh, after a week. How much they'd be paying out on him. After a month, a year. If they like Aussies, you'd be really into it after a year. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, he's still diligently working on God's word. As his hope was in God's word, not only him, but his family were saved. Joseph, as a young boy, was given a dream by God. He came through the storm, hanging on to that dream. His hope was in that dream. He put his faith in the fact that God said he would stand and his family would bow before him. He became second only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt, which was one of the greatest kingdoms of the time. Another young guy called David. We believe in his teen years, this prophet came to his home and told him he was going to be king of Israel. 
And then he got sent back to work in the, in the fields as a, as a shepherd. I'm sure we all know that David had one or two storms in his life. His hope was a promise of God. What about Jesus? If anyone had some storms in his life, it had to be Jesus. Look at his parents to start with. They weren't even married in a society that, you know, people started picking up rocks and throwing them at you for doing stuff like that. In his ministry, when he did begin to minister, he was continually battling the hardened hearts of the Jews and his life was threatened many times. I love the humanity of Jesus and it's no more evident than the night before he was crucified when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying to his father and he says, are you sure this is a great idea? That's Malcolm's amplified Australian version. Let, let's, can we rethink this? Because I'm not sure if it's a great idea. But not yours, not mine, but your will be done. Our hope. Hang on, I've jumped ahead, sorry. So take note of where Jesus was, what he was doing. He was in a quiet place engaging with his father. And he came to that realisation that this isn't looking good for me, but not my will, but yours be done. See, today we can have that same hope to strengthen our faith. And it's found in Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence... Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Noah, Joseph, David, Jesus and so many others that we read about. And I'm sure there's even many here this, this evening engaged in their relationship with God to see them through life storms. And when they engage with God, their perspective changed. They went from an earthly perspective to a heavenly perspective, giving them a hope for their future. And when we gain a heavenly perspective of our storm, we stop asking why and start asking what. At the afternoon uh, tea, at, after the funeral, I got talking to a fellow and uh, he's so confident about Gladstone and that sort of tricked my ears up when he started talking because everyone else I've talked to in the last couple of months is well we might as well all pack up and go somewhere else because the place is about to collapse this man has worked in many nations in the world on different sites and he's a, he's a project manager type character and so he's been all over the place and he says there's just uh, so much potential in this city. He said, all the places I've ever worked and lived, they've had 
one commodity. They've either had gas, they've had coal, they've had oil, whatever the commodity, you know, agriculture, whatever, being one. And he said, Gladstone has so, it's the only place I have worked where it has so many commodities that can be used and can keep the, keep the economy of this city going. He was just so excited. He lives in a street with seven houses. Four of those houses don't have an income because they've all been laid off or out of work. But you see, he's looking not tomorrow, not next week. He's looking five years, ten years, 15 years down the track. And he says, what we do now is we look for what we can do instead of just hanging on for the next boom because there's so much potential in this city because of all the commodities that we have. See, he has a hope for his future. His hope is in commodities and what Gladstone has to offer. We have a far greater hope than that. Part of the daily bread reading, I didn't read all the scriptures because in Mark 5, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. See, if Jesus says we're going to the other side, where are we going to? The other side, of course. Does he say it's going to be a wonderful trip? No, he says, we're going to the other side. We're going to get there. What storms are you encountering today? This is part of our daily bread as well. What storms are you encountering today? Perhaps you have lost a loved one or are facing a serious illness. Perhaps you are having difficulty finding a job. Ask the Lord to strengthen your faith and take you safely through the storm to the other side. There's a great little passage in Luke 22 regarding Peter or Simon, as he is called here. And it says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. What a prayer. I like that last bit. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He's told Peter, you're going to, this is where he's predicted that Peter would fall away. And, uh, but he also knew he'd return. And as we probably know later on in that chapter, after Peter, who's been one of Jesus' best mates for the last three years, has boldly said, wherever you go, I'll be right beside you. And less than probably 12 hours later, he's telling people he doesn't even know this scumbag that's down there in the, in the front of all the, the leaders. You know, he, three times he denied him. What a dark, stormy day that must have been for Peter when he realized what he'd done. The shame, the guilt, all those feelings that would just <laughs> crush in on him. The hurt that he had let his friend and Lord down because he knew he was Jesus Christ, the Messiah. 
A far bigger storm than nature can conjure up when a man's heart is torn. Everything lost, hope gone. Destroy a man's hope, destroy a man. But the good news, in Mark chapter 16, some ladies go to the tomb where Jesus had been laid. The tomb is open, the tomb is empty. There's a young man dressed in white standing there and he says to the ladies, what are you doing? We're looking for Jesus. Where's he gone? And he says to them, go tell his disciples and this is Pastor Malcolm's amplified version, is, and by the way, you know, Peter, make sure of all the disciples, you tell Peter, I want to see him in Galilee. Make sure he knows. He made a point, the only one he named, to go to Galilee and there you will see him and he, as, he, as he said to you. And we see in John 21... It's entitled, Jesus Restores Peter, starting from verse 15. John 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you believe me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. So you were right this morning, James, when when you said that. Yeah. He said the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know these things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to me, said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say, this is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself when you worked, walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Again, he's predicted what Peter's going to go through. He says, follow me. What did he say back over there in Luke 22? I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Peter came through his storm, and as we know, was one of the greats, or is one of the greats of Christianity. Greats of our faith. What storms are you encountering today? Ask the Lord to strengthen your faith and take you safely through the storm to the other side and ask the question of God, what can I do? When we're going through the storms, we can be bit like the boat i guess we can feel battered we can be shattered we can be like peter our emotions we can be just dumped upon there's the wonderful verse i'm sure many of us know us isaiah 40 28 to 31 
do you not know, this is verse 28, I haven't got that up there, but this is verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Who will? Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will, not, they will walk and not be faint what a great promise if we can put our hope in that that our faith will be strengthened like Peter we can then uh, when we have returned we can be strengthened sometimes when the storm's hitting hard the best thing is just to keep your head down don't try and fight it. Just let God fight it. Keep the head down. <laughs> you pop up occasionally. And if you're still getting kicked, go back down again. <laughs> but that's where friends, that's where church, that's where other Christians come in that we're there to support at these times. If I could have the music team back, that would be great. Thanks. Last one. God is the brave man's hope, not the coward's excuse. Because where there is hope, there is faith. And where there is faith, miracles can happen. Amen? Yes. Let's stand this evening. I'll just read that again. God is the brave man's hope, not the coward's excuse. Because where there is hope, there is faith. And where there is faith, miracles happen. What a great statement. Our faith needs to be grounded on a firm foundation and there's no firm, firmer foundation than God. Amen? Yes. Amen. Just tonight, uh, before we close, I just want to, I'd like to pray for all of us how Jesus prayed for Peter. And I don't know whether Satan's asked for each of us. I reckon he probably has because we're Christians. So, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But be assured that Jesus has prayed for you, that your faith shall not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, team.